Good morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran in Warren, Oregon. Today I am preaching on 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8 and 16 through 18. Now every so often the lectionary will skip some verses, and I really believe we need it today, so I'm going to read the selected passages as well as the part in between. So I'll actually be preaching on verses 6 through 18. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So our full reading for today goes like this. This is Paul speaking. As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Do your best to come to me soon, for Demas in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me in ministry. I have sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books and above all the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm, and the Lord will pay him back for his deeds. You also must beware of him, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them, but the Lord stood by me and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. What we are seeing here is Paul's farewell address. He was under house arrest for a couple of years with a fair amount of freedom to see his friends. Now he's been sent to one of Rome's miserable prisons. He knows the end is near and the end will be his execution. And if that's not bad enough, Paul writes that his friends and co-workers have left him. He writes to Timothy that at his pre-trial, not one of his Christian friends or co-workers came to his defense. However, worse than that, not having the support of family or friends when one was a prisoner in ancient Rome could mean starving to death. And it gets still worse. Some of his friends and co-workers have even left the faith. Demas was mentioned in Colossians chapter 4 and in Philemon as a co-worker of Paul's in his gospel ministry. But when the going got tough, Demas left Paul and Christianity to return to an easier life in this world. 
And then there's Alexander, whom Paul says, did me a great deal of harm. He adds, but the Lord will repay him for what he has done. There will be payback. Paul sounds like he wants Alexander to experience payback, but Paul leaves it in God's hands. In spite of the thousands of people who became Christians directly or indirectly because of Paul's witness, he must have felt like a failure when not one showed up with a loaf of bread or a blanket when his life depended on charity. And yet, through the strength that only God could provide, the same strength that God provided for Moses and Joshua, Elijah and Stephen, Paul remains steadfast in his faith. In fact, he writes that at his preliminary hearing and imprisonment, they have given him an opportunity to witness to more Gentiles. Now, lest we think that Christianity is taking a nosedive at this time in history, Paul mentions faithful Christians throughout this letter to Timothy. He names Lois, Eunice, Crescens, Titus, Luke, Mark, Tychicus, Carpus, Priscilla, Aquila, Anisiphorus and his household, Erastus, Trophimus, Eubulus, Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and many other Christian brothers and sisters. Sounds like Emperor Nehru isn't going to win this one. But this does not help Paul as he sits in a dank cell, cold and hungry, deserted by his friends, and with a death sentence hanging over his head. There will be times in life when not everything will be sorted out in our desired timing. We may not see the payback we yearn for. There may be situations in which we have no control over the outcome. That is when faith comes into the picture. Paul experienced great danger starting almost immediately after his conversion. Throughout Paul's Christian journey, Jewish religious leaders and other Jews were trying to kill him, but God sustained him. The same God promises to stand at our side and give us strength. He accompanies us as we go to the doctor, when we move into assisted living, when we go to the unemployment office, when we watch our lives outlast our finances. We may not see the fruit of our labors for the gospel. We may only be able to say that we ran the race before us. But that's all God asks of us. We cannot fix everything, but faith says we do not have to fix everything. In his dire circumstances, Paul is expressing a sense of peace. He is letting go of what he cannot control. He is letting God. Acts chapter 20 verse 24 records Paul as earlier telling the Ephesian elders, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race the Lord Jesus has given me. Now he writes as if he's already crossed the finish line of that race. Paul says that he has kept the faith during that race. He has faithfully shared in every opportunity provided to him the treasure that is the gospel. 
Keeping the faith is not faith in our own abilities, but faith in God's ability to accomplish whatever he wants done. Faith is being willing to be used by God for God's purposes without knowing the how and why ahead of time. Paul acknowledges the presence of the Lord guiding him along the way and giving him all the strength he needed for the task at hand. Now Paul awaits the reward for his faithfulness, that he knows God will give him upon his arrival in heaven. When life is tough, we need to know where to look for strength. Carol Schuler, daughter of evangelist Robert Schuler, was involved in a serious motorcycle accident when she was a teenager that left her with only one leg. When she was 18, she went on a cruise with her parents. She made no effort to conceal her artificial leg, wearing shorts and going swimming. She noticed people staring and could see the curiosity in people's eyes. In response to the looks that she'd been getting, she decided to volunteer for the ship's talent show. When she walked up to the microphone, she said this, If I have one talent, it is this. I can tell you that during the time after my accident, my faith became very real to me. I look at you girls who walk without a limp, and I wish I could walk that way. I can't, but this is what I've learned and I want to leave it with you. It's not how you walk that counts, but who you walk with and whom walks with you. This God gives us strength as we face threats to our person, to our family, our community, or even our national security. This God stands with his people as we share the gospel with family members, friends, co-workers, and neighbors. In fact, this God promises by God's Spirit to stand right by us until we stand with God in the glory of the new heaven and earth. Are you walking with Christ today? Do you rely on your strength or on his strength? Let him take over your burdens. Trust him with your life and trust that he will run with you this race of life and meet you at the finish line with your crown of righteousness. The Lord will rescue you from every evil attack and will bring you safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen.